got a chance here. Welcome to the Shipe Sports Show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome again to the Shipe Sports Talk Show. I am your host, Matthew Shipe, once again joined by my co-host and producer, Paul. How's it going? Good. How are you doing, Paul? Also joining us again today, Brad Cameron. Brad, how are you doing today? I'm great, Shipe. Thanks for having me again. Good to hear from you. And Guillermo, welcome. What's up, Shippy? How's it going? Good, good, good. All right, today on the show, we're going to go over what's on everyone's mind. Super Bowl matchup. Seahawks versus the Patriots. Who's got the edge? Who doesn't? We're going to give our predictions at the end. You all can hear who we think we're going to win and why. Uh, we're also going to go over the NBA. We all had an all-star game that just got pit. Go over that. <coughs> go over little Wizards, how they did on their road trip. And then towards the end of the show, if we have time, we're going to go over some PGA Tour. The return of Tiger Woods. Go over how he did today. Uh, didn't start off too good, but we'll see how he finished. So uh, let's get right into it. Let's go. Super Bowl. Patriots versus the Seahawks. What we've all been waiting for. Legion of Boom versus Tom Brady. Um, the big story right now, I think that everyone's talking about is Richard Sherman, whether he's going to even be at the Super Bowl. Uh, there's been discussion that his girlfriend is going to labor pretty soon and could be given birth on Super Bowl day. And he has discussed whether or not he's going to attend. Uh, he's potentially said that he could miss the Super Bowl to be witness to his childbirth. It's, I mean, it's his first child. Uh, if that happens... This could be a really big problem for the Seahawks. He obviously, you know, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league, and without him, it really isn't the Legion of Boom. I mean, he's one of the centerpiece of that. So we'll see what happens. That'll be a big developing story. Um, but let's just keep going with the Super Bowl talk. I mean, we got the Patriots. You know, the high power offense right now. Oh, by the way, Deflate. That ain't gonna be talked about during the show. All you people out there have heard about that for a week. You don't need to hear about it anymore. Okay, CNN covered it. Fox News has covered it. It's done. No more deflate talk. You won't hear it anymore. Let's get to the game, all right? He pumped up the ball. He deflated the ball. <laughs> Who cares? They're in the Super Bowl. That's all that matters, all right? First off, let's go with the uh, Patriots wide receivers. Uh, Amadola and Edelman and LaFell. Uh, I see the Legion of Boom winning this matchup because Sherman, I think, will be too physical on them. I don't think they're big enough. I mean, Daenerys Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders had problems with them. I mean, what do you think is going to happen with um, the smaller version of the Patriots? I mean, okay, CNN covered it. Fox News has covered it. It's done. No more deflate talk. You won't hear it anymore. Sorry for that. Yep. That was a little mishap by Paul. Sorry. So as I was saying, <laughs> I'm just upset that we're not going to be talking about the deflate gate. That's why. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, but as I was going, I don't think the Patriots' smaller receivers are going to mesh up well. And I tell you what, you have Chandler, who's roaming around the middle of the field. If I was the Seahawks, I would not only you know keep, keep in that middle, but keep them from doing those slant routes. I tell you what, Amendola comes across, Edelman, he, they get one pop from Chancellor. They're going to think twice from across the field. And if you don't use them that way, I would definitely put Chancellor on Gronk. He's physical enough to take care of Gronk. It's going to be a great matchup. And I'm excited for the Super Bowl. So first, uh, Brad, let's go with you. What do you think is going to be going on during the Super Bowl? Well, the first thing you have to consider is how much pressure is in the footballs. Okay, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, it, that, that that's a that's a big topic you bring up. Is is you know whenever you look at Seattle, it's the ability for the receivers to to make plays, and Seattle does an extremely good job you know, eliminating receivers uh, on opposing teams. And so, you know, the the thing you're gonna have to consider is how healthy is Thomas and is Sherman, you know, and, and whether or not Sherman's situation with his, 
uh, with his girlfriend and his, his his child being born is going to even allow him to play in this football game. But if, if he does, and the Patriots are going to have to design ways to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers, you know, really, really fast, you know, whether it's slants. And, and I know those are dangerous routes because you have, you know, players like Chancellor and Wagner waiting in the middle of the field to hit these guys. Uh, but it's, you know, it's extremely difficult already to move the ball through the air against the Seahawks defense. And so, you know, it's, I would have to give the upper hand uh, to them, despite Brady and Gronk and, and, and that greatness, you still have to respect this secondary and the game plan that, that, that Seattle puts together to shut down re- opposing receivers. All right. Dear Rob, let's go on your thoughts right now. Yeah, um, I totally agree with you, uh, Brad. Uh, if they're going to try to throw it down the middle, and I, I've discussed this with lots of people, a couple of people that I've talked to about the, the, the Super Bowl, throwing it down the middle is not going to be an option. You have, yeah, two of the hard-hitting hitting safeties in the league, in Earl Thomas and uh, Chancellor. Uh, Edelman, I, he's he can be fast and everything, but if you're that small, I don't think you're going to get... Yeah, you're not going to live to see the the end of the game. Amendola, he's had history of getting hits, but he's also injury prone as well. Um, LaFell, I I really haven't seen a big game from him, and I really don't see a big game coming from him in the Super Bowl. Their, I guess their only main threat is Grunk, who can actually take on all of them, who can actually give them a physical fight to uh to march it down the field, like every play. Um, the other, the other one might be uh, Legarrette Blunt, but like running game with the Patriots in the Super Bowl, it really hasn't really like been there. It's usually based on Tom Brady and and his receiver or tight end uh, duos. Yeah, that 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 secondary the secondary is not going to be uh, messed with. Even even if they're uh, injured or not one hundred percent, I still think that's a lethal secondary that nobody will want to go against, and they they have to plan for it. And I know Belichick's got something down, something in his sleeve to uh, bring on Super Bowl. And all I know is it's going to be a good game. If Sherman misses it, um, it gives another player an opportunity to step up for on, on his position. That's all I can say about that. I mean, birth of his, of his kid, he, he is a family man. I mean, if I saw the, the E60 report on him. He cares about his mom. He loves everybody in his family. If he misses the game because of his daughter, big ups to him. I, I would do the same exact thing. Um, but yeah, that that secondary is a force, and Tom Brady is gonna have to figure something out. Uh, another thing, if y'all, I don't know if y'all ever noticed, they gave an uh, <coughs> interview to Chance when asked him what he does before games. Did y'all hear what he does before games? I, he, I, yeah, Brad, you would like this if I you love heard it. it. I love it. He watches Sean Taylor's. He, watch, he watches his idol. He watches his idol. And I tell you what, he plays like Taylor. I think he's a... You guys, I don't know if he's, you guys... He's, you mo- guys he's molding me. it into Sean Taylor, and I think he's the next I think closest gonna, thing to Sean Taylor. He's going to be better than Sean Taylor. I, in my opinion, I think he will be a better player <coughs> than Sean Taylor. Well, we, we still got to wait and see, because Sean Taylor, when taken away too early, but in his prime was the greatest. And to me, I love the dude so much. Sean Taylor, the greatest. Um, Chancellor, yeah, he he put a report out saying he he doesn't listen to to music on his headphones and everything. He doesn't get pumped up off music. He gets pumped off the hits of Sean Taylor. He said every time I see one of those hits, I want to go out and do one of those hits. He's like, 
Sean Taylor's my idol. I want to be just like him. I want to play just like him. I want to be like Sean. Yeah, and big ups, big ups to to Cam on that. But really, you know, this game could come down to the running game because I feel like, you know, the Patriots, they may not be able to pass the ball with the Legion of Boom. And I don't really trust Russell Wilson passing against this, even their secondary. I mean, you got Darrell Revis. I mean, really, who does Wilson have the pass to? I mean, you have Doug Baldwin, who at best on most teams would be a number two receiver. Javon Curse at best is an, also a number two receiver anywhere. Maybe three. I mean, you have Luke Wilson, but, you know, he's a tight end. I mean, who does he have to throw to besides they may have to run the ball? This could come down to a battle of Lynch versus Blunt. And I tell you what, that'd be a great matchup. There's going to be a big difference. So Lynch, he ran all over the Packers we mm -hmm. saw towards the end. Yeah. Especially up the middle. But there's a big man up the middle named Vince Wolfolk who's going to have a lot to say. Yep. He's going to have a lot to say about Lynch. So he may have to start bumping stuff to the outside and everything. But I really think... Uh, Wilson will shy away from Darrell Revis. I think Darrell Revis will be too much for Doug Baldwin, whoever he's matched up against. So this could come down to who can run the best and who can stop the run. I really think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Mm. Uh, Wilson, he's been there. He's a Super Bowl champ. But I feel like this team, this Patriot team, especially the defense, is better than the team he faced last year. And also, a bit different from last year's Super Bowl is, who gave a spark during that team? Percy Harvin. Mm -hmm. He's gone. I mean, they did great things without him this year, but he had that kickoff return. I mean, I think he had the run. I mean, he gave a big spark when this offense needed. And also, the game is not going to start with the center hiking the ball over Tom Brady's head. That ain't going to happen this year. They're not going to get that fast start like they had last year. This is a completely different team from the Broncos. I think this Patriots team is better than the Broncos from last year, mm -hmm. and that's saying a lot. Brady's playing excellent ever since he got shut out by the Chiefs. He's playing the best ball he's had in his life. You know, I I, I think it's, the Patriots, I think, will win this game. I think it's going to be tight. That's my opinion. I don't know who, what you guys think about the offensive matchup with Lynch versus Blunt and also the Patriots defense. But I think the Patriots have the capability to win this game. I believe, like, normally Patriots, you don't see them for their defense. But gradually, they're starting to get defensive pieces as they've gone along throughout the years. And I really feel like Darrell Revis was that key that they were missing. They were missing that shutdown cornerback. And Revis, who has had his ups and downs the past couple of years fighting injury, he is back to that Revis Island mentality. And once he got it back, there was no going away. There's no receiver on the Seahawks that can match up to Darrell Revis. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Brad, we'll go first with you. Yeah, sure. You know, let's uh, let, let's break down now the you know, Seattle wide receivers versus this Patriots secondary. And uh, you look at the job that they did eliminating the Colts' ability to move the ball through the air. And, you know, arguably, I would say the Colts have a better passing offense uh, than Seattle does. And I think they have better receivers if you include Kobe Fleener. So I think this is going to be an easier matchup in terms of uh, the wide receivers versus the secondary for the Patriots. But one thing you have to consider is that Seattle likes to extend plays and it gets hard as a defensive back to stick with receivers. And, and Seattle has very small, shifty, quick receivers who once Russell Wilson gets out of the pocket, they can get open really quick. And, and, you know, I know Revis is good and Browner is good as well, but you know, when you're extending plays with your, with your legs like that, that's, that's, that that's completely different than just him standing in the pocket and Revis and Browner being able to cover through the first and second read, you know, the, the Seattle passing offense relies a lot 
on Wilson getting out, extending plays and receivers getting open in, I, I wouldn't say garbage time, but extended play time. So that's, that, that's really going to be the key is how can these Patriots cornerbacks stick with these receivers when plays break down, when Wilson gets out of the pocket and he's running amok, either he's going to run for first downs or, or pass for first downs. I think that's going to be the key to this, this passing matchup, Seattle's receivers versus Patriots defensive backs. Well, I really think for to counteract Russell Wilson, I think they're going to have um, Hightower probably spy Wilson throughout the game or Jones because they're both really quick. Jones is a very quick defensive end. So they may either have him spy him or they're going to have Hightower spy him because really Hightower is used for that quickness that he has, you know, the blitz ability to stop the run. So they could have him spy. But I think for this Russell Wilson to get going, it all depends on the the read option. We saw against the Packers, they didn't use it for the first three quarters. As soon as they got that read option going, the Packers are dead in the water. So it all depends. They have to establish that read option really early, set the tone. But if they don't establish the read option, they're in trouble. So it all depends on how Wilson and all of them establish the read option. That's what it's going to come down to is, you know, they always say this was starting to phase out a little bit more because RG3 wasn't doing it that much, cap. But Wilson really perfected the read option. I know RG3 and everything. I personally think it was Russell Wilson that perfected that read option. He does it so well. He knows when to get out of bounds. He knows when not to take hits. And that's what's really kept him healthy over the years. Unlike the you know the two I mentioned, Kaepernick takes hits, Cam Newton takes hits, and Griffin takes hits. That's why Wilson's more successful than those three right now is because he doesn't take the hits, and he's, he's um, NFL smart. Go ahead, Gamera. Yeah, um, just to add on to Brad's thing, uh, but they're going to be – Quick and uh, fast in the middle, it's gonna be uh, pretty hard for Revis and uh, Browner to uh, to get them. Because if you if you if you think about it, you uh, you were right, Brad. Um, Russell Westbrook, uh, Russell Wilson does extend uh, plays with his feet. Um, Aaron Rodgers did that, I believe, uh, when they played him last time uh, when they played New England, and um, yeah, he he took five steps back and then ran up the middle and then saw Jordy on a slant route while Revis was guarding him. And then it was, I think it was like a 40 yard touchdown like dash that uh, Jordy had. And yeah, Revis couldn't do anything. He, I could tell you this right now. Revis is not the fastest corner in the game. Neither is Sherman, but if they get you positioned, you like, there's nothing you can do They're that That's why they're both shut down corners for a reason. But if you try to take them deep, I don't think any of them are going to touch them. Uh, like Revis, like I just said, Revis got got out hustled by um by Jordy. Sherman's had a couple of times where the receiver's gone past him, and I guess the receiver hasn't didn't catch it or didn't even try to catch it because it was overthrown. But they know they can get through him. They're both able to uh to get scored on. It's just it depends on what they feel like doing during that play and to uh, add on to yours, I think uh, the key to uh, New England's defense is uh, Nikovic or is, is it, is it Nikovic? Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he's a monster on defense. You got to give him some, some talent or uh, some uh, props as well with him and uh, Wolfwork on the line. I, I, I think it's unbeatable. You either got Wolfwork coming in the middle or Nikovic coming through the side. It's going to be pretty hard for uh, Wilson to run. If them and them two looking at them 
on the other side. Well, see, that's why I mentioned Hightower, because I feel like if they run the read option, Hightower can be that <laughs> linebacker with his speed to where he can see where it's going to go. And if, Rus- if Russell keeps it, I feel like he can shoot there real quick and stop them from getting the outside. And if Lynch rushes it, he's already right there to pick up Lynch. Another guy for the secondary that neither, neither of us have mentioned is Devin McCourty, who in the playoffs has been tremendous for this defense. He's a great safety one of the better ones in the league, and he has a knack for going to the ball. I mean, he's yeah, he has a knack to get in the ball. Ball hawk. Ball hawk. Mm-hmm. He has a knack for it. Um, Brad, any more you want to add to that? Yeah, you know, I, I when we were talking about Seattle's defense, you know, their specifically their secondary pass defense versus um, you know this 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 Patriots offense. One, you know, they're going to have to be able to run the ball. You know, we I think we all agree Seattle's secondary is just too good to let you know to have Brady throwing the ball 50 times, like it, yeah. it's not going to be effective enough. So what they're going to do is run the ball. And that includes screen plays includes like quick hits to Edelman, you know, passing, you know, quick little hike and, and passing these, these short hits to Edelman, you know, for three and four and five yards, they're going to have to use that as a means of running the football as well. And so look for some of those short passes uh, as, as a different option besides just giving it to blunt um, up the middle or, you know, design run plays, look at some of those quick screens, quick hitters as passes, but, you know, kind of run plays for, uh, for the quick hits. Well, I think a big playmaker for the Patriots <laughs> could be uh Shane Vereen. I was going to say that too. Vereen yeah, has a lot of coming, mean, coming from the back, from the back. Oh yeah. I mean, he had a lot of plays where he can just run a fly, mm-hmm. run a nine right down the field out of the backfield and they defenses lose him. And if you give him a screen play, you give him room, he's, he's going to go to the house. So it all comes down to that, you know, what they can, they have to establish the run. Also, the Patriots establish the run, they'll get play action. And that'll really help with Gronk getting <coughs> open across the middle of the field. Yeah. I think the key, um, let's go to key matchup for the game. I feel like key matchup will be Chancellor, uh, Chandler versus Gronk. I think that'll be a matchup that everyone has to watch. And then also just the Legion of Boom versus Tom Brady. I mean, those are the two matchups I feel. Then on the other side will be, um, I think it'll be Hightower against some. Um, Russell Wilson, on how they uh, stopped that read option. And those are my matchups for both sides. What do you all go with? Brad. Brad, you want to go first? Sure. Let's see. You know, the the. I think the, the biggest thing that we're going to to watch is the ability to contain Wilson when these plays break down because, because they will, you know, and he will extend plays with his legs not, you know, just simply just getting out of the pocket. How well can the Patriots do making sure that they limit the, the big playability or, you know, third and eight and he, he gets out of the pocket and then throws for a first down? You know, how well can this defense, uh, you know, whether it's rushing to make sure he doesn't, you know, run the ball, you know, making sure linebackers are getting to him when he gets out of the pocket or making sure cornerbacks are staying with receivers so that they don't have easy completions down the field when plays break down. I think that's honestly the biggest matchup in terms of how how the the Seahawks will be able to move the ball and if the Patriots can stop them on these plays that that break down. So let me just uh, jump in here. We got a question in the chat room from Seadog1208. says that uh, Gronk wins all matchups unless he's triple covered. What do you think about that? Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there, Brad. No, I I think I think that guy's exactly right. Obviously, we've seen when Gronk is healthy, he is unstoppable. And and even though I think Chancellor is is extremely talented, you know, this is a very offensively driven league, and 
offense typically wins. How you know how well will Gronk play? I don't know, but I can assure you he's going to have several plays that impact this game. He's just an extremely tough matchup. He's got wide receiver type speed with with tight end body and strength and athletic ability. Uh, you know, he's a extremely difficult matchup, and you have to think that despite Cam Chancellor's best efforts, Gronk is going to get his. Like, you, you just have to assume it's going to happen. He'll be big in the red zone, especially because if they can get down to the red zone, they're going to have to look for him. And also use him as a decoy, maybe get Tim Wright in there, because Tim Wright's had a couple of good games. I mean, you think about it, you put all your people on Gronk, and Tim Wright's actually not a bad tight end. I mean, they traded for him. He had a couple, I think he had like a three-touchdown game early in the year. So, I mean, he you could, had a couple of good games. So you could use Gronk as a decoy, and also those formation they use where they put Shane Vereen as a illegal receiver and all this other stuff. I mean, they're going to... But they got to make sure they Belichick is going to push push his limit of what he can do and throw out some plays that Seahawks haven't seen. I mean, that's what Belichick does. He a typical Belichick. He's, he, you know, he could go down to the greatest coach of all time. I mean, all these scandals, all this stuff may happen. He knows how to coach a game. He knows how to get teams ready. He's had two weeks to get ready. So, I mean, Gronk will be used. They, I mean, you're going to have to put chance on him. I think he's the only one that physically can match up with them. Uh, they may, like C-Dodge said, they may have to double team him. But I think the big thing for Gronk is getting him in the red zone and possibly use him as a decoy, knowing that you're going to throw to him and then slide it off to someone else or dump it off to your uh, running back. Yep, 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 yep. One other, uh, let's see who else. This might be going back, but um, also in the chat room, it says uh, Big Chris 199020 <laughs> says, uh, what will Lynch say when he gets, when he says, when he gets the Super Bowl MVP? We can address that in a little bit if you do. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm thankful. You know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what he would say because they would have to have him say something. Like if he literally wins the MVP and doesn't say anything, that's going to be too much. They will go on him for the entire year if that happens. So I saw he actually did like a news conference, didn't he? Like that was like a big thing. What, today? Yeah. He no, just, it was like yesterday, maybe Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. It only got big because he only said one thing like 30 different times he said i'm, 30, 30, 30 I'm here times. so i don't get i'm here so i don't get fine <laughs> gotcha oh that's what some of the guys on the chat room was saying too they said uh that's exactly what he said uh yeah who was it and then today he just gave shout outs to everyone he's like shout out to oakland california shout, shout out, out to my to, teammates god <laughs> he gets some interesting interviews i mean i think the best answer would be i don't know did he actually get fined did he actually get fined once actually yeah, he did. He, they fined him big time. I think last Super Bowl for not talking to the media, but they were talking about finding yeah. him this year for wearing the hat. I think he wore like a beast mode hat. He he wore his initial at the hat conference at the comp. Yeah, yeah the conference. They're, they're and about him for that. I saw a picture of on uh on the internet. Tom Brady had the same exact hat and his logo, about Brady. and Brady got nothing out of it. No, it's see, because that's... he's on the watch radar for what he's. I mean, it's... I mean, well, I from what they said, it they, apparently there is approved apparel. From the NFL, maybe Brady's logo has been approved, and yeah. Beast Modes hasn't. I I haven't researched it well enough to say, uh, but you know I know the NFL. It's not like you only have to wear NFL logoed stuff or Reebok, you know, at at the time or Nike stuff. You you know they have approved, uh, you know, approved other logos, and I guess maybe Beast Mode wasn't one of them, <laughs> uh, and and that's what they were talking about. What kind of uh, fine are they looking at? Like what did he get? I, I Twenty. I think he got twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. Like, what is that? Pocket. He's also he's also had fines because of the 
the little gestures that he had. Yeah, he's been doing uh, DS's crop shots. It's, it's either that or he's, he's holding his, he's grabbing, he's his, grabbing his, his package jump. while he's, he's going into the jump. end zone. Like <laughs> he's grabbing his jump. Saying, here, has, have this. That's, all, that's what I would do. And he's doing that now on purpose. <laughs> I would definitely well, grab Well, last game, he said he was going to wear gold cleats, and the NFL threatened him, saying, if you wear those gold cleats on the field, we will eject you. Yeah, we will eject you from the game. Like He had literally gold <laughs> cleats, and he wasn't allowed to wear them. Yeah. yeah, they were they were customized just for that game. I don't know why you would wear gold and, cleats. Yeah, he he went with his gold studs, uh, like he's always been using. But gold cleats, all just all cleat. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. I can see how like the NFL would actually come down on him. I mean, it is it is a product that they're putting out there on. Product. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean like the NFL, the teams, everything. It is a product that they're putting out there, and if if they can't. I don't know. I guess they're trying to. Control well, it's like them, now all these players have all these like Beats commercials, yeah. and they can't wear them on the field during warmups, so they'll get fined because um, what, what who are the NFL? Bose? Yeah, yeah. Bose yeah. is like theirs. Yeah, so it's they'll do commercials for Beats, but then they can't even wear them on the field. Uh, well, but it's it's kind of dumb. I mean, like if you go out to like a bar or something, and you're drinking, let's say a middle a Miller Lite or a, or a Budweiser or something. I think Budweiser, uh, Bud Light is the, the official drink, right? Mm-hmm. The, yeah, official. Uh, yeah. Would they get fined or suspended from that? I have no idea. Probably not. But that's like, th- you, th- this is their job. <laughs> I mean, we're very entertained at these guys having fun, and it would be great if all of our jobs were just suiting up and playing football every Sunday. But what you have to understand is this is a product. This is a business. When you guys go to work, can you just wear a wife beater to work? No. There's a dress code. Like th- this is a business. This is a product. You can't just throw gold cleats on because you want to. Like you're coming to work today. We're paying you to work, and obviously, you know, your job is playing football. But it's still a job, and this is still a business, and this is still a product. And we're going to try and promote it as best we can. And there's certain rules that you're going to have to adhere to because this is, uh, you know, this is work now. Now you're at work, and there's rules that go along with work. So you, know, you got to take that into consideration. It, they signed all the dotted line. I'm sure that's yep. part of their contract. They do. So, I mean, they do. You know, so they just gotta. I don't know. All right, guys. Guillermo, Brad, Paul. I'm gonna include you in this. All right. It's time to make our pits for the Super Bowl. Um, <coughs> I'll start it off. I'm gonna go. Patriots are gonna win the Super Bowl. We're gonna do Super Bowl pits and your MVP. So it's gonna be Patriots will win, 24 to 17. MVP will be. I'm gonna go with Gronk. For MVP. Brad, your nuts. Okay. I'm going to go 24-17 Patriots. Uh, and, and I'm going to take Brady. Paul? I was going to say Brady also. Well, what, who, so I'm assuming the Patriots are going to win. Yeah, yeah. Score? Yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I was thinking right around there to 24-7. I would say probably, how about like, I think it'll be a, a lower scoring game. Maybe 21. I don't know. 21-14, something like that. All right. And last of all, Guillermo, are you going to continue the trend? No, I am not. Uh, I got yeah. Seattle, <laughs> L-O-B. What's up? I got them winning 27-22. Uh, to 22. Who's your MVP? MVP would... Uh, it would either have to be... Well, actually, I'm going to go with a, with a guy that nobody thinks that it's going to happen. I think Maxwell, the other corner... I think I think he's he's got it. I mean, all, if, dark you, horse. if you if you it's look at it, it's rare for a defensive player. I know they did it last year. It's rare for a defensive player to win the. NBA I think it might happen twice. Though. I mean, <laughs> their defense got them there last year. I mean, the defense got them here this year as well. 
Um, yeah, I got I got Maxwell. Last couple of games, he's hasn't, he hasn't been doing good, but he had that one interception last game where it changed everything. And if if Sherman can't make it to the game, or if Sherman's not as healthy as he is, I got Maxwell. They might be picking on Maxwell more than than, than Sherman. All right. So so chat rooms uh, chiming in on your question there, Matt. Too. So we got um, Big Chris. He's saying thirty three twenty seven Hawks with Lynch as the MVP. All right. Beast mode. And um, no, actually, sorry. He says thirty four twenty seven. Wow. Yeah. Um, All right, big Chris. And for a big score. Sea Dog uh, twelve oh eight says uh, thirty seven twenty four. Same thing. Uh, Hawks Lynch. Uh, oh, but then Sea Dog comes back in and he says, "Or." Thirty-four twenty-seven, <laughs> Hawks Wilson. That was a. Uh, it just came in through the chat line. Can't have two pitches there, see dog. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what they're saying. So we're gonna have here. We have three Patriots, one Seahawk. We have one for Matswell, one for Gronk, and two for Brady. We'll see who's right. We're gonna take a quick break, quick thirty-second break, so you can listen to some of our sponsors. Maybe about a, about a minute. About a minute break, and we'll be right back to talk uh, NBA All-Star Game. Have a stand by. Hey, this is Paul from the Shipe Sports Talk podcast. Just wanted to let you know how you can listen to our podcast while you're on the go using an app called Stitcher. You can listen anytime, anywhere using the award-winning free Stitcher app. Best part is, when you stream our podcast or any of the other 20,000 available out there, there's no downloading, no syncing, or no wasted memory. It's on demand and on the go. So if you don't already have the Stitcher app on your iPhone, Android phone, or tablet, download it free today at Stitcher.com or from your app store. Add us to your favorites list, and every week when we put out our new episode, Stitcher will automatically update and have the latest episode of the Shipe Sports Talk podcast waiting for you. While you're there, it really helps us get our podcast noticed if you give us a nice review, rating, and thumbs up. We'll greatly appreciate it. Have a comment or question? Easy. Go to stripesportstalk.com, click on the Contact Us tab, and there you'll be able to submit your questions or comments. We love hearing from you, so we'll be sure to thank you live on the air. You'll also find on stripesportstalk.com the latest episodes, show notes, and other ways to find us on platforms like iTunes and YouTube. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to the Shipe Sports Talk Show. Uh, you just heard all our predictions for the Super Bowl. Now we're going to get a little NBA. We're going to go to the All-Star game. We just had the selections were made last uh, last week. First, we'll go with the Eastern Conference All-Star starters. First, point guard from your Washington <coughs> Wizards will be John Wall. Congrats to John Wall. I, I give it to Congrats him. Congrats yeah. for representing the hometown off. team, the Wizards. Uh, second will be Kyra Laurie from the Toronto Raptors, guard. Forward, New York Knicks will be Carmelo Anthony. Boo. You're going to have forward, LeBron James from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Also boo. And last of all, you're going to have Paul Casal from the Chicago Bulls. Well deserved. We're going to go on to the west, the west side. We're going to have Stephen Curry from the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe Bryant from the Los Angeles Lakers. Who? Blake Griffin from the Los Angeles Clippers. We're going to have Anthony Davis from the New Orleans Pelicans. And then Mark Casal from the Memphis Grizzlies. So we're going to have Casal versus Casal. Casal brothers. So, um, Brad, I'm going to open up to you. What do you think of those uh, starters? And do you think they all deserve to be there? 
I do. What one player in particular it's really great to see him getting some credit is Kyle Laurie. He's played fantastic the past couple years. And with, with DeRozan going out, he was really stepped up his role in that team to keep them in the hunt for being a, a high seeded playoff uh team. So I'm really excited that he's that, that he's made the all star game and people are starting to recognize the effort that he's putting in on a you know night night basis. Guillermo? The only surprise that I've got is Carmelo. I don't think he should be on it. He's been injured too much. Uh, yeah, I mean, when they say you get picked, I think you got to be like you got to earn it to be to get to get in there. Even even with the the team being, God, I don't even know how how bad they are now. Um, just because of his big name, I think there's a reason why he got picked up, but. I would like to see somebody else, somebody new, just like uh, how Lowry is. I would like to see somebody in there to take his place and and put on put on a show. You know, someone who I felt was snub for the starters, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I hope he becomes a reserve. Was uh, Demarcus Cousins? I mean, he's fifth in scoring with 23.8 points per game. He's a uh, third in rebounding with 12.3. I feel like he was very snubbed from this. I feel like he's having a good year. You know, another Kentucky product, yeah. along with John Wall. I felt like he was snubbed. Um, I mean, you can make a case for a lot of these people. I, mean, I felt James Harden was snubbed the biggest. Oh, yeah. Um, MVP. I know, right. I, got, I know I got a lot of Kobe lovers out there, but I felt like James Harden should have been over Kobe. Uh, I felt like he was having a better year right now than Kobe. Kobe, unfortunately, just got hurt. You know, speedy recovery to Kobe Bryant. I mean, he's still he's going to be go down as one of the legends ever played, one of the greatest. Torn rotator cup. I mean, that's. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, I really feel bad for Kobe. I hope he had speed recovery. I mean, they did an interview and they asked him, "What do you think about retirement?" He says, "What are you talking about? I'm getting ready for training camp next year." So speed recovery. Hope he comes back. Well, you know, a lot of injuries have happened this week. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Jennings is out. Just to name a few. Yeah, I saw. I saw Jennings. I mean, one. it was it was pretty bad. You also got um Kemba Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker out. out. Towards uh, meniscus, so he's out six to eight weeks, I think. I mean, you also beginning of the year you had like Durant, Westbrook. So we I mean there was a lot of injuries this year in uh in the NBA. Beal was hurt, but luckily the Wizards have been avoiding any kind of injuries. Uh, knock, knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> Should have probably said that. Brad's probably killing me right now. <laughs> but don't like, even. <laughs> Brad, do you think there's anyone come to mind that you think was snubbed from the All Star game? Not necessarily. I mean, the the, the, the All Star game is. Is, is a little bit of a joke. You know, sometimes players do get recognized. Then you got players like Kobe and like Carmelo who are just going to get in, you know, strict, strictly on popularity and, and who they are. So, yeah, I don't – I take the All-Star game pretty lightly. Uh, and, I, and I don't look into it in terms of, you know, this is who's really producing. Like you said, Cousins got snubbed a little bit, but he's producing. You know, the all-star game is not about who's producing. It's kind of about who's the most popular along with who's producing a little bit. Well, who do you think the top voting getter was? I have it right here. Who do you think the top man was? I mean, it was Curry. Was Curry. Yeah. It was Curry, then LeBron. Oh, then LeBron. And then uh, Davis. Davis was third. Anthony Davis third. Good for him. He deserved it. Before his injury, I mean, he 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 was balling out. and He was putting up like 25 and like, 15 he was actually mvp type oh he's he's elevated his game this year big time yeah he he is another wizards news Gortop, he was one away from getting to be a starter 
I mean, he was 100,000 behind, you know, Paul Gasol, but all he had to do was beat Gasol and Martin Cortat, the Polish hammer, would have been an all-star. And I think he's getting some credit. I mean, he's really... That trade for Gortat changed the whole Wizards team. I mean, I really think that's what got him to the playoffs. He's the key. I mean, it was big for them to re-sign him. They had to re-sign him. Yeah. Between Gortat and Ariza, you had to keep Gortat. You couldn't keep Ariza. Sorry. I, I like Gortat ever since he was in Phoenix. The way Steve Nash brushed him up and everything. Mm-hmm. I when when we got him, I was I was happy. I was like, yes. I was like, he's gonna do good here. It's just he has to work on being consistent and backing down in the paint. I don't think he's been doing that much of late. Now, we all seem to agree we have problems with the All-Star game, how it's voted and how people are voted in. You know, some people shouldn't be there because of fan vote. What other way do you two think they could change this voting to where the right people get in? I mean, do you go to maybe a player's vote and take that away from the fans? But then it's really how the fans interact. I mean, what can they do to change to make sure the right people get in that All-Star game that deserve to be there? I mean, it's a tough thing to do. Brad? Hmm, let's see. That, that that is tough because you know the these All Star games and and Pro Bowls, uh, you know stuff stuff of that manner where you're you're supposedly being awarded and accredited for you know, elevating your game and and proving that you're elite. You know, I I think it should be more of just an award where where they should should hand you an award, and I think. Things like the All Star Game and things, even with the MLB, you know, where where it's for the fans. You know, th- this is for the fans. If we want to award these guys, you know, let, let's give them some kind of plaque. Let, let's give them something special that they can kind of hold on to instead of just, oh yeah, I got voted into the All Star Game because I had one, you know, one of the best shooting years of of my career. I, I think if we want to separate it in terms of entertainment versus actual success, you know, we should we should. Let the let the fans choose this game where we can just be entertained by it. Let the fans choose who they think is going to be the most fun. And then in terms of real performance on the job performance, you know, let's have a committee give out awards to, you know, NBA, you know, team one, you were a team one all star or team two, uh, you know, tier two all star. I, I think we should do it in that sort of sense more than, you know, just just having them play in the all star game because I don't think. I don't think players get too 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 excited in any sport about the All Star Game. I think there's always a light feeling that goes along with All Star Games, Pro Bowls, things of that manner. Well, you're scared of injuries, you know. I mean, your career. Can- well, of course. <laughs> I mean, look what happened to um, Paul George playing for Team USA. I mean, in an instance, his season was done. It was, was horrible, that and that killed the break. Pacers. Yeah, that was just a bad break. But, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a little, little different than the All Star Game, but you're right. That's that. that but it that was All Star players, you know. I mean, I know you were playing for Team USA, but it was almost like an All Star team. It was. No, it's it, always an All Star team yeah. with USA. You're absolutely right, and that this is why I think they should just be, you know, give them an award. Like if players have elevated their game, there should be a committee of NBA, you know, analysts that can identify who is the best, you know, centers from East and West, point guards, etc. And they should win awards at, you know, whether it's money, I have no idea, but I think they would much rather have some kind of plaque that said, like, I was, I was an all-star this year. I I think that would go further with the players versus, all right, you you get to play 15 more minutes of basketball, you know? I I mean, I agree. I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, like the pro bowl, that, that whole draft thing, that's a joke. 
I mean, Andy Dalton made the got to go to <laughs> Pro Bowl. You know, you know the thing is like baseball. Like you have some of these All Star pitchers that make the MLB All Star game, and they can't pitch in it because they pitched that Sunday or that Saturday, and it you know it's horrible. It's like if Clayton Kershaw pitched Sunday, you're missing the best pitcher in baseball is not yeah. going to be pitching the All Star game, yeah. and fans want to see him pitch. But if that happens, you can't, you won't be able to see him play, pitch because you really think the Dodgers are going to be like, oh yeah, you you have two days rest, go go pitch an inning. No. They got a World Series to win. They're not going to let him pitch. Yeah. Just like the Pro... And also, the NFL Pro Bowl, like all these fans that come out and say, oh, they stiffed the Pro Bowl. You know, really? You just... Like Peyton Manning, you just lost... I mean, he has the injury, but he just lost the AFC Championship game. Do you really think he's in the mood to play a Pro Bowl? Let's be honest. No, he's really not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the Pro Bowl for the NFL is in a horrible spot. They should just go back to a week after the Super Bowl. That way you give the Super Bowl players who deserve to be on it a chance to play in it. Yep. Because I believe like Marcel Lynch, Sherman, Sherman, all those players deserve to be in the Pro Bowl, and they couldn't because they made the Super Bowl. And I think that's just you know unfair to them. But the NFL did it so that way you wouldn't be a week without football. But you know I could survive a week without football if it means those players who deserve to be in it got to be in it. Yeah. So what? I, I agree with you, Shad. So what's the difference? Like how does how is it select? How are the selections made for the NFL, and how is that different from like I don't know like baseball and uh well here's the major thing that baseball does over every other all-star game and i think ho- hockey and baseball think the same thing baseball your team will always have one player represent you in the all-star game okay the nfl my team the titans we had no one in the pro bowl we had no one there and i think it's i mean it's, i mean you know but two players that came out and said i think it was delaney walker and uh casey our big defensive lineman yeah. They came out and said, look, if we're called upon to be like injury substitutions or Super Bowl substitutions, they weren't going to do it because they felt like they weren't voted in by the fans. But I feel like I like how baseball does that where everyone gets to be represented. So someone has someone to cheer on. Yeah. Um, NBA is harder because it's a smaller roster. But I feel like football should do that. They should let everyone have one member of a team on the Pro Bowl. I mean, take I mean, even if they don't get voted on, take the best player. I mean, that's what baseball does. I think it was one year the Nationals didn't have anyone, and their best player was Tyler Clippard. Yeah. And they told him, hey, you're the best player for the Nationals. That was the year he was the closer. And they took him on, and he did a good job. Um, I think hockey does it where everyone makes it. I think there should be like a limit of players per team, too. Like if you had, what was it? I think it's Kansas City had like six or seven players in one thing. And then I think they, what? They lost in the, in the playoffs, and then I think like half of them played, and the other three were like injury prone or injury. And then yeah, they called in new guys. I I agree with you with the thing where um with Delaney Walker and them, if they got called upon to be a sub, injury injury substitute, I wouldn't take it either. If the fans didn't vote me in, I wouldn't want to play. I think like baseball one year they had like <coughs> half the team was off of one roster. I can't remember what it was. I think the Orioles last year had like. Cruz, Jones, and Winters, Davis, Weird, yeah, Davis. Davis. I mean, they had like the yeah. whole, the whole roster started. Uh, Brad, what do you think about that? Um, you know, the, the, this all ties back to what I'm talking about with the All Star games and 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 these kind of events. Like these guys don't want to go out there and risk their careers. You know, give them like an award if they've achieved something. Give them a, an award, you know, and, and and I think it's smart of Delaney Walker not to want to substitute in because 
you know, there's no point that, that you should risk your paycheck, you know, risk getting injured. Uh, you know, that's your award for performing really well this year is, is, a another probability of getting an injury. And I know that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's something to, it's something to take in consideration because it, it does happen. You know, you look at Paul George, you, you know, you look at playing extended things outside of just regular games and the potential for injury is there. And so, you know, somehow we, we need to change it to where, you know, instead of making them play more games, you know, there needs to be some kind of just award ceremony. And, uh, and then if, you know, if they do want to do something for like fan entertainment, then you can have like an all-star game for that, where you can, you can vote in who you want to see, you know, vote in Chris Davis to be in the home run derby, you, you, know, you know, instances like that. Uh, they just put out the final roster for the all-star game. I just got it on my cell phone. Remember how we talked about uh, DeMarcus Cousins deserved to be in the All-Star? Is that it? Not even a reserve. Wow. Didn't even get in the reserve. <coughs> Top five in rebounding and scoring. Didn't even get in the reserve. And, that's, and that yeah. was in the entire league. Um, me, just, just on the East, I think who was also snubbed from uh, the center position was the center from Orlando. Yeah, like Vucevic? Yeah. Vucevic, yeah, I he's, think he's been putting up numbers like the last like, 15 games, 20 and things like 15 Something like that. He's having a he's having a tremendous season. I think he's a double double. Yeah. Right now, I'm not sure exactly what his figures are, but he his minutes and his player efficiency ratio is 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 out of the roof. He well, he does deserve it too. Well, big names who made it for the East Reserve was Chris Bosh made it, Al Horford, Kyrie Irving, Dwayne Wade. Those are probably the big names everyone knows. What? Okay. Um, we'll go to the West. The big names are Durant made it, Blake Griffin, Timmy Duncan. Uh, Clay Thompson, who just came off that ridiculous yeah, was, third quarter, say, Clay, Clay deserves a spot. Uh, Harden, Paul, and Westbrook, so the, and Lamarcus Aldridge. So the people who you thought would have made it from the West, I feel like the West for some reason their players all deserve it, except for. And here's the thing: you have Demarcus Cousin. Who does he go above here? I mean, that's a really good lineup, I but would, it all depends I, if Aldridge will play. I would take I would take him over. Uh, over Aldridge. I feel like the Marcus Aldridge can't play because of his injury. They should really put Demarcus Cousin in there. Yeah. So as that's a starter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as well as a oh, reserve man. Yeah, as reserve. So that's what I mean. Those are well, the All Star games a couple like what a couple of weeks away. Yeah. There's always there's always that thing where somebody like, tweaks or something or their day to day and the team doesn't want them to play and they got to back out. They might have to get another reserve after that. Also, the dunk contest has no big names <laughs> this year. No big names are in it. I don't even, I don't even know that. I, All I, I know, is that I think the three point contest is going to be even better. Oh yeah, I think it's, we got Corver, Curry, I think Thompson, and there was an, another big name in there. That I think the three point contest is actually going to be pretty good this year. Brad, maybe you can help me out. Who's that yeah. guard from the, um, Orlando that's really good? He was a rookie last year. Victor Oladipo. Yes, he's in. He's the, in the dunk contest. He's in the dunk contest, and he's a local product. Went to Dematha High School. So yep. That's a local kid. Played Kevin, at University of Indiana. Kevin Durant's a local kid as well. Yes, he is. KD 2016. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of uh, Wizards fans know where, where <laughs> Kevin Durant is from. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Kevin Durant 2016. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Not going there. Okay. I was extremely pissed <laughs> off with Wizards fans when Oakland was here. All right. I couldn't tell who they were rooting for. They're wearing Wizards stuff. But they're rooting for Kevin Durant. I know you want Durant here. I understand that. But don't root for him every time he's making a shot. He's out there to beat us. We want to beat him. I want Durant to have the worst game ever when he plays the Wizards because I want us to have a chance to win. 
I don't, I'm not going to sit there and when Durant dunks over Gortat, <coughs> go crazy like, oh yeah, no. I'm going to be pissed because Gortat should have blocked that. I don't understand what, I don't understand Wizard fans. I mean, yes, you want him to come here in 2016, but why break up the chemistry you have right now? Wall and Beal are playing tremendous. Gortat's playing great. Nene is still coming on strong. Pierce will be gone maybe by then or whatnot, but you have a good <coughs> core of players. You have a good core of players. Why ruin that by maybe bringing in a Kevin Durant? I mean, I understand he'll make the team better. He'll probably elevate them to the status. But don't take away the core value of the players. Don't sit out there and cheer on someone else while they're playing and putting their heart and soul into the game. That's horrible. I thought that was horrible. Um, what did you two think about that? I, I think it was just, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, if you're rooting for the, for the Wizards, root for the Wizards. Just because it's KD doesn't mean anything. I mean, yeah, he's rumored that he sold his house in, in Oklahoma and he's doing all this and everything. It doesn't mean the fact that he's going to come to D.C. He's just loved D.C. He's always, like, it is home to him. But if he's playing to the visiting team and you guys are there to watch the Wizards win, you obviously got to root for the Wizards, no matter no matter what. I mean, I go to a couple Wizards games and I root for the Wizards and I see a couple players that I like on the other team, I still root for the Wizards, hometown team. Even though, yeah, I'm a Spurs fan. I mean, I still give big pops to uh to the Wizards, no matter no matter what. Even if the best player in the, in, in the world came, I would not root for them. I would root for the Wizards. Well, what I don't like is about DC fans here for Wizards is they're not selling <laughs> out. You know, I know I thought, you know, basketball would be big. I mean, they're coming up. They're third in the East. But I feel like they only sell out when... Durant comes to town, when the Spurs come to town, when the Heat come to town, when the Lakers, all these <coughs> bandwagon fans that go there. I mean, we're all the Heat fans now. LeBron left. Now Cleveland probably has the biggest fan base there is now. Yes, we're all all the Miami Heat um, fans. Brad, what do, you think about the, what do you think about that whole Kevin Durant thing and Wizard fans rooting for him but not rooting for our team? Here's what, here's what I'll say about it, Shaib. I think, I think right now Wizards fans are, are in a position where they've never been. We are playing extremely good basketball right now. <clears throat> and the Wizards, I think, uh, are used to just kind of looking forward to next year and looking forward to next year. Well, if, if we can do this, next year we'll be okay. We're good now. Yeah, We are, we are good now. You know, we need to focus on what we're doing right now. And, and I think Wizards fans aren't used to success. And right now we're having success. I think they're, they're looking forward to Kevin Durant because – you know, they don't know what's going on right now because they're not used to what's happening right now. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all our opinions on it. But, you know, the Wizards have a real chance this year to make a run in the East. They could potentially reach the finals. I mean, the Hawks are playing out of their <coughs> mind right now that no one expected was going to happen. But um, we'll see what happens next couple in the next last couple months of the season. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Thank you, Paul. Sure. Uh, we'll see how they do the last couple months of the season. Hopefully they can keep it going. Um, all right, well, we're going to get some quick golf talk real quick. It was uh, Tiger Woods' first tournament of the year, first return, and didn't start off the way he wanted to. Uh, Tiger was uh, four over after four holes. Um, was His driver wasn't really there. He wasn't hitting fairways. Uh, his putter, you know, was up and down. He finished two over for the day. Everything we thought was going to happen with him happened. I mean, he said... Earlier this week, you know, it's the best I've swung in 10 years. 
You say that every year, Tiger. You say that every time you turn. Every you return. time, every January, I'm hitting the best. Well, show me you're hitting the best. Win a major. I feel great. What are you talking about? Like, um, my back is fine. Brad, I'm sure agrees with everything we're saying right now. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> um, right now, the leader of the tournament is uh, Ryan Palmer, and he's still on the course, so he has a chance to make another birdie. Seven under. Brad's pick, Bubba, is that sits under. Uh, the man I wanted to watch, Jordan Spieth, the young kid. One under. Uh, I want to go and touch something with Ricky Fowler today. Ricky was in the middle of his bat swing. There's a little kid behind Ricky Fowler. <laughs> Ricky Fowler's middle of bat swing. And I guess he scared the kid, and the kid went like, "Uh," right as he was going through. And the kid turned back to dad and said, "That scared me. I didn't mean to talk in his bat swing." So Ricky, this kid was a Ricky. He was a Ricky Fowler fan. He had the Puma hat, the orange hat. Ricky came out of the, out of the, you know, once he was done, went over to the kid, signed the kid's hat, and then took a picture with the kid. That's tremendous. People like him, people like Phil Milkinson, we need more people like that. I mean, the kid literally talked, you know, said something was bad swing, and Ricky signed his head. I mean, it was, it was great to see him interact with a young fan like that. I really appreciate sport athletes that do that. And kudos to Ricky Fowler for doing that. How, how did the swing turn out that he actually... Uh... It's actually not a bad swing. Oh, okay. <laughs> it didn't turn out that bad. I mean, the hit, was it good? Yeah. Brad, I don't know if you saw that or not. Shite, that was in a practice round. That was... was it? Uh, That's my that fault was on, then. That, that was on Wednesday in a practice round. Uh, I feel really bad right now. No, but but either <laughs> either way, you're right. You know, golf needs more guys who are willing to interact with the fans, who are excited <laughs> that the fans are out there, who realize that you know the, the fans are what make the game so great, and you know, cheering and and excitement is is what a lot of people strive to, you know, brings their game at a higher level. So it's it's great that people like Ricky and uh, and like Phil, as you mentioned, is is definitely a fan favorite and, and they interact with the fans and, and, uh, you know, respect and appreciate them coming out and watching them play golf and having support for the PGA. Everyone listening. Sorry about that little blooper. Everyone does. them, even professionals. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's only on my fourth episode. Cut me some slack. Everybody always gets corrected. It's fine. It's all right. We cleared it up though. It's, it's cleared up. Brad, you sure just went along with There's going to be no golf <laughs> gate or anything like that going on. So that's why we got experts here. Speaking of uh, Phil, uh, me and Brad were talking about <coughs> the first time me and him did a show that I was a marshal at the U.S. Open when um, McElroy just ran away with the field. And Phil came off number eight. I was standing there and he actually came up. He talked to me. And the funny thing is, I said, you know, I said, hey, you know, Mr. Mickelson, how are you doing? He turned, he looked at me. Started talking. He said, you know what? Don't call me Mr. Mickelson. Just call me Phil like everyone else. A class act. You know, you don't see that to anyone else. Um, also, uh, another funny story was my dad marshaled one year. And daily, this was one of the Avenel. Brad, I don't know if you've ever been to Avenel. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I I played there a couple times, you know, w- w- way back when, when I was Yeah, really it was it was the old number 12 where they had, it was a par four, but they had like a little creek running right down the left side and then turned the front. Sure. Oh, my dad's marshalling, and Daly's the last day. Daly wants to go home, and he ripped his fairway right into that woods on the left side. He goes up. My dad's like, uh, Mr. Daly, I found a Titleist. He says, I don't hate that piece of shit of a ball. I had a Dunlop. <laughs> Greatest <laughs> thing ever. John Daly. You just you can't get enough of that guy. Great guy. The only man who had John Gruden as his caddy. <laughs> Have you met any golfers that really like were just, just big dicks like that didn't like? Tiger Woods? <laughs> You met him? <laughs> I didn't meet him, but you know he he's very to himself on the course. He won't talk to anyone. You can't look at him. I mean, oh, his geez. caddy will shove anyone around. I mean, Stevie was one of the most hated caddies when he was with Tiger because Tiger just made him into that kind of person. Now Stevie's one of the most adorable guys with Scott. 
I mean, we had a rain delay, like I said, the U.S. Open. And Stevie, he races cars. And they're talking to him about what kind of car he drives and everything, about Corvettes and everything in the middle of a rain delay. Wow. And Scott's sitting there going, can you wait for that on your off week to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> so we got, uh, just to let you know, Matt, on your, your flop there, or what you think was a flop. <laughs> Ashley says, you guys are doing great. Don't worry about it. You're fine. <laughs> it's all good. But um, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of characters in golf. I mean, Daly is one of the funny guys. Phil, uh, Fowler, Justin Rose. I got to talk to uh, one year. Brad, we we're talking about the R7, and I asked him, I "Was like, do you guys play with the adjustable head?" He said, "No, we don't. We don't mess with that crap." He said, "I don't have time to change the head in the middle of a course." He said, "If it's going right, I'll have to fix it on the fly." So I mean, some of these golfers they'll interact with the fans because that's what they. they I mean, they're. They're, you know, they're close to the fans. I mean, they walk right near them. They come inside. A lot of the golfers, when they hit a fan with the golf ball, you'll see them sign. Even Tiger will do this. He'll take off his glove. He'll sign it, give it to the fan. That's what I like about golfers. They're all class acts. Some of them aren't more than others, but they're most most of them are all class acts, and they'll be nice to you. Yeah. All right. Before we end the show today, we're going to do a couple little uh, news that came in throughout the week from the last episode. I don't know how many NASCAR fans we have out there. You know, I'm an occasional watcher. You know, I'll watch Daytona or something like that. Uh, Jeff Gordon, one of the best drivers that have ever driven in the NASCAR circuit, announced that this will be his final year on the NASCAR circuit. He will be retiring. Um, he's a great guy for the won a couple championships, you know, one of the best drivers there are. And the sport will miss him. I mean, I just I read today they have some 19-year-old kid who will be taking his spot. I can't remember the name. I think it's like Casey Elliott. So he'll be coming in to the number 24 next year. So that'll be a big change. A uh, little soccer news. Cristiano Ronaldo got a little altercation this week. Oh, Thought yeah? it'd be a good idea to smack a player. Um, <laughs> Kick a player, actually. Yeah, he was looking at a 12-match ban. They only gave him two. <coughs> so um, Ronaldo went from a 12-match ban to a two-match ban. So wait, what was, was this? So was this during the match, like playing, and he just act, like kind of kicked somebody? It was actually the, the corner kick. Yeah, he it, was, it, was, it was a little corner, a little corner kick. Ball was already, like, done with. He... Uh, Defender's running right in front of him and everything. He slaps him from behind and kicks him. And then Defender comes up to his face and everything and then slaps him again in the face. Oh, and then Defender, they're trying to defend him off and everything. And Ronaldo, just how he is, just walks off and smiles, gives his little smirk like... Red like, card? Okay. Did he get a card for that? Or yeah, he got, he got red carded. And then the thing that I hated, because I'm I'm Real Madrid fan, Cristiano fan. Um, the thing I hated was they had a patch... For when they won, like, team of the year or the Champions League, um, he ended up walking off and brushing the the patch off. Like, yeah, we're that good. Or, <laughs> yeah, this is what it is. That really pissed me off. I was like, you're FIFA player of the year. and Shouldn't have been, by the way. Should have been Messi. No. Yes. No. <laughs> we'll debate that another well day. Well-deserved Ronaldo. Right. But, yeah, he, he shouldn't have done... That thing, I think it was stupid. Just kind of went to his head. Maybe he just wasn't thinking. I don't know. He was well, caught that's, up that's in it. He's, he's had history of fights. Like if if you go back to Manchester United, where if somebody even just touched him or cleated him, he'll run up to you and either point the finger or he'll try to slap you and say like let's let's get it on his fight and everything. He's had history of yellow cards being thrown out. I don't know if he's been suspended or banded for two two matches or anything, but. He's had history of it. I right. think that's why they took the two-game suspension off of him. I mean, put it on him. Okay. Uh, the last news is the Nationals 
probably finally signed their setup man to replace Tyler Clippard. They sign um, veteran reliever Casey uh, Jansen, who was with the Blue Jays the past year, two years. He's had 59 total. Sa- <laughs> There's Brad with the Nationals. Hey, I got my division. There it is. <laughs> oh, let me get my national stuff. Let's see. Division <laughs> chance from last year. I actually stole this from my fiance. Sorry. <laughs> I'll bring it back. That's why she loves you. Props. <laughs> Uh, he had 59 total saves over the past two years. So now I feel comfortable where if Drew Storm goes down, they have someone who's proven that can go in to take the spot. So we'll see how he does this year. He'll probably be the setup man along with um, Thornton Barrett. They'll probably fight for that spot. Um, also, one last thing, um, going back to the NBA, rumors circling around that the Wizards trying to get Ray Allen. We're not going to touch on that because we can go into that for a while about what he could do with the team. So just a rumor. Everyone listening out there as a basketball fan, look out to see where Ray Allen goes to. A couple teams want him. A couple teams could use him. So um, that's it for today. I just Paul. want, you know, just my just to let everybody know where they can find us again. You know, of course, the website, shipesportstalk.com. You can find the, you can link us there on your uh, iTunes podcast or Stitcher. Um, let's see what else. If they want to send questions in so we can start reading them off on the air, uh, you can send it to Shipes. Shipe sports talk at gmail.com. Um, and we'll we'll get Matt and the guys to go ahead and read it off in the air and give you a shout out on the air or something. Um, what else? Twitter at Shipe Sports Talk. talk. And um, and you can find us on YouTube. Also have an Instagram, Shipe Sports Talk as well. <laughs> um, <MySpace>. Also, <laughs> little shout out to me and Guillermo's high school, Gatesburg. Ooh, brought Trojans. my baseball coaching hat today. So class of 07. Class of 07 Trojans. Brad was a screaming eagle. So um yeah, you had fun with Seneca over there, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so for myself, Matt Scheidt, for Brad Cameron via Skype, Guillermo Ralda, and my uncle Paul. Everyone have a good day. Thank you for listening. Tune in next Thursday again, 6:45 p.m. We will be discussing the Super Bowl outcome. Go a little bit more NBA. And maybe start getting some baseball predictions for next year. So thank you. Have a good evening, everyone. God bless.